Welcome back to another episode of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. This is your first time here at the podcast. Welcome to the show. If you are a returning listener, welcome back to Independent Thought. Today, we're going to be talking about sex work, particularly why this subject right now, how there have been some recent developments along with sex work and its legality around the country intersections between these workers and the police and most importantly can we talk about why this is still illegal first and foremost i do want to say that the the backdrop of all of this was the fact that roe has been overturned about a month and a few days ago and with that happening it has made me ask questions you know to myself about other laws that we might have in this country pertaining to bodily autonomy and which brought me to this subject. And I, and I want to say in a brief thing about Roe being overturned, it, it does feel unfortunate that within a matter of a couple of weeks, most people have already stopped kind of talking about this on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that be news outlets, journalists, or even everyday people posting online. The state's ability to legislate people's bodies, regulate what they do, that's something that we need to continue having conversations around. It led me to this topic today. So sex work, prostitution, should it be legalized? I'm sure you can probably already tell how I feel about it, but let me give you some more details a little bit later in the episode. But first, let's lay the groundwork a little bit. In 2019, both candidates... Uh, for president, well, two candidates for president, rather, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, said that they were open to decriminalizing sex work, to which I have to ask the obvious question, which is, why is it only two of those people who are open to it? And why aren't more people open to it? What exactly are the reasons why we keep this particular job, let's call it what it is, illegal? What is what is the purpose of it? Like, why do we keep it illegal? Laws don't have to stay if we find them to be archaic and no longer having relevancy. They can be changed. They can be completely, you know, dissolved. I mean, why are they in effect? Why is it in effect? Recently, there has been some progress made on this front. In the state of California, Gavin Newsom signed a law shielding people from arrest related to loitering with the intent to engage in sex work. This is called the Safer Streets for All Act. It repeals a provision of the state's prostitution law that prohibits loitering in a public place for the purpose of sex work. Now, this bill does not legalize prostitution. It simply revokes provisions of the law that have led to harassment. So I'm sure if you have seen anything involving police and like, you know, in like cops, for instance, looking for sex workers or looking for prostitutions, they always will show like, you know, in a city where they're looking for people who are just sitting on street corners uh, and maybe like walking around like aimlessly, what have you. So 
police in a lot of states have had the ability to just use what they suspected as loitering looking for sex work as probable cause to go up and harass people, potentially arrest them. This is becoming a problem all over the country. I find it to be gross in so many level, so many different levels. Now, one of the cudgels that's used as a, I'm just going to call it like a reason to hide behind as why we need to keep prostitution illegal, sex work illegal, is because they say that it's so inherently tied to human trafficking. Now, for those who have listened to this podcast before, uh, you'll note that I have had a whole episode on human trafficking. This is not something that I'm unfamiliar with or that I'd want to downplay in any way, shape, or form. But the fact of the matter is that we have no real way to link exactly how much of sex work is voluntary and how much of it is led to human trafficking. And since we can't measure it, we can't operate in a place where we think all of it is human trafficking, or at least that is just my belief. But then for those who are trafficked, we have this next piece of news, which I found to be encouraging. The Wisconsin Supreme Court recently ruled that a woman killing a man can argue at the trial that she was justified because he was trafficking her. The justices ruled that a 2008 state law that absolves trafficking victims of criminal liability for, for any offenses committed as a direct result of being trafficked now will have extended to first-degree intentional homicide. Now, this is a good thing as far as I'm concerned, because in the chances, in the instances where trafficking is occurring, we do want to find ways to just help these people as much as humanly possible. And we want to also be able to not have these people be punished for trying to escape these vicious forms of, I mean, basically enslavement. So what we're talking about here, victims of human trafficking. But I don't want to particularly focus just on them for this piece. This is more along the lines of talking about people who are doing it voluntarily people who just willingly engage of sex work because they choose to. Now, these people routinely come into contact with the police. It is still a crime in this country for reasons that I cannot understand. But this brings me to a conversation that's slightly different, but it's down a familiar path that we have you know, on this show, which is criminal justice reform. Let me just ask a very specific question about all of this. Who deserves to be in prison? Just in the abstract, who deserves to really be in prison? Does somebody really deserve to be in prison for engaging in sex work? Having sex for money, is that really deserving to be put into jail? Now, police will routinely arrest people for sex work or for suspicion of sex work. So as we were mentioning before, with this, now they now repealed that people who are just loitering in California will not be sent to jail. But the laws like that still exist all over this country. In fact, from what I understand, they exist everywhere except for in California and New York, which recently have gotten rid of them. Police can use loitering as an excuse to arrest people for potentially looking for sex work. 
sometimes approaching people for just being dressed a certain way. And some of the ways the police have said that they were, you know, dressed provocatively were things like dressing in black cowboy boots and black shorts. And then using that probable cause, the police will then approach people and do things like seize condoms from people and then use them as evidence of prostitution to arrest people and charging them with, get this, a possession of an instrument of crime. Possession of an instrument of crime for having a condom. That is the current state of affairs that the police are tracking down people in order to save us from the dastardly ways of people who are having sex for money. It, it all seems incredibly wild to me. In most states, this is just a misdemeanor. But, you know, like with that being said, a misdemeanor is still is still a part of a criminal record that you're going to have it's a fine it can be a night in jail this could impact your ability to get employment maybe elsewhere if you just choose to stop doing sex work so you can be really just hurting someone's lives by giving them even a misdemeanor but in certain states states like idaho arizona texas missouri florida indiana michigan these states repeated offenses are actually considered felonies with extended amounts of jail time. And up until recently in the state of Louisiana, some sex workers actually had to register as sex offenders, sex offenders for having sex for money. Just who are these laws helping? That's really the question that I wanna ask, you know, when it comes to this. But unfortunately the police weren't going after people just for loitering. They were also going after people, probably in ways that you're probably more familiar with when you think about police and their interactions with sex workers in the forms of sting operations. And it's not just that police will go through with these sting operations in order to trap people in finding out that they are sex workers. It's how it's done that is just so overwhelmingly terrible and it's what we need to talk about next and we're going to talk about that when we come back from our break stay tuned hey indie thought listeners has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side well then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode bathing beauties beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown missoula whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project. They have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. 
Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Independent Thought. So as before we went on the break, we had mentioned that sting operations. Now, this is something that unfortunately happens all over the country. As I was going through research for this episode, I came across one particular instance, which made me a little, made me a little sick, but you know, obviously these sting operations happen all over the country. I've even heard about them even as close to home as here in Montana, over in Great Falls, Montana, heard about these sting operations happening. But the one that I want to point to is one that happened in Arizona a few years ago where federal agents actually had 17 different sexual encounters with women working in massage parlors. And get this, they called it Operation Asian Touch. Now, that's a disgusting name to name your operation, as well as a little racist. But, you know, while we're talking about things that are disgusting, let me throw this next piece of information at you. So in many states, it is not, and I repeat, it is not illegal for police officers to have sex with sex workers during the course of a sting operation. So let me break this down for you. Police are allowed to have sex for their job, which they're being paid for, and then turn around and arrest the person they just had sex with for having sex as their job and attempting to be paid for it. Does that hypocrisy make any sense at all? Again, let me just ask the real question. Who are these laws designed to protect? And why are we criminalizing this? Why are people going to jail for trying to have sex for money? Why is that illegal? Why? Like, what, what is the reason behind it? Now, you know, again, people will say sex work has to be illegal, you know, because human trafficking, we just don't know. You know, who is being trafficked, who is not, you know, and and again, this is a very serious issue. And people, you know, who work in human trafficking tax force, you know, like in particular here, there's a man named Andrew Lewis. He was a former coordinator for the Greater New Orleans Human Trafficking Task Force. He recently was in front of the the Louisiana's uh, state House of Representatives. And he gave a speech about his feelings about how we are actually going after sex workers, particularly in the state of Louisiana. Here's that clip about how he feels about all of this. What I saw was a standard operation, and it was deeply troubling. Agents pretending to be clients set up dates with sex workers. When a sex worker arrived to the hotel room, they would be arrested and forced into another cold room, often with very little clothing, and interviewed. The same agent that handcuffed them would then ask them if they had been trafficked. And no matter their response, they were arrested and booked. 
At the end of the night, those arrests were reported back to me as prospective victims of human trafficking, even when there was no evidence of forced fraud or coercion. Let me be clear, human trafficking does occur, and likely more than we know. But because we are spending a majority of our time and money on criminalizing consensual adult sex work, we're not able to help those being actually forced to work in the construction, agriculture, and yes, sex work industries in Louisiana. So for me, what it really comes down to is again, the question I keep asking, who are these laws protecting? Why do we have them in place? Why is it that sex work is currently illegal in this country? Who is that actually protecting? So people are going to jail for selling their, their bodies for sex. Doesn't make any sense. And when it comes to why this episode right now, for me, this is all about Roe being overturned. The reason why I came to this particular subject is because we are now in a time where we are talking about does the state, does the government have the right to tell people what to do with their bodies? When Roe was overturned, people are asking this question rightly. Why is it that a state like Texas or Idaho or Oklahoma or Ohio, why is it that they're allowed to tell someone if they can or cannot have an abortion? And if you're one of those people who believes, hey, that is my body, I should be able to decide what I do with my body. That logic is very linear for me right into this subject. If someone wants to engage in sex work and someone wants to pay to have sex with the person who's willing to have sex, why is the government involved in this? Now, this is something that we've had on the books forever as far as it being illegal. This has been illegal in our country for a long time. But the question that I have is why? What exactly is it that we are allowing? Like, why is it that we are allowing this to continue? Why is it that we are allowing the government to tell us what we are allowed to do with our bodies? Where is the crime here? Someone is offering sex. Another person wants to pay for it. Two consensual adults have sex. How is the government involved in this? And at a time when we're talking about bodily autonomy, we should be addressing this as well. Legalizing sex work will make a safer environment for everyone. Everyone. People won't have to worry about doing it in weird back alleys or weird hotel rooms. People can actually establish businesses for themselves, get health care when they need to. If the government wants to put some kind of regulations or safeguards on it, I'm sure they would, but people would overall be more safe if this was a legal act that they could do in the open and actually not have to be doing so cloaked in the shadows of we need to make sure that we're not being caught because it's illegal for reasons that we can't say. The hypocrisy just is so much for me. As of today, it is legal to have sex on camera for money because it's considered an art form protected as free speech under the First Amendment. It's known as pornography. But if you have sex without a camera, that's considered to be prostitution and it is illegal. Camera, legal. No camera, not legal. How does that make any sense? Sex work is labor and these people should have the ability 
to be paid as such for the work that they are doing. If that's the work they want to engage in, that is their damn business. The end, the government at the federal level, at the state level, at the local level, they should not be telling people what to do with their bodies. The end. This is an archaic mindset that we need to dissolve into the dustbin of history. And if you agree with what I'm saying, if you feel the way that I'm feeling, please go ahead and share this episode on social media. If you can, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. And if you are interested in supporting the work that we're doing here, please go ahead and check out the link in our episode description so you can sign up for our Patreon. I am going to leave you with a few different words here from John Oliver, which I thought were very timely as a way to finish this conversation. So instead of trying to finish off with a certain sentence here to wrap all this up, I think I'm just going to leave you with a clip from him and his work on this subject as well. Here's that clip. We will see you in the next episode. To those who are still uncomfortable here, out of a concern that there are people who feel economically forced into sex work, I totally agree with you. That is a huge problem, but the fact is, our current laws are not addressing that. If you want to do that, that's a much bigger conversation to have, because fundamentally, the only way to make sure that people have a choice in the way they earn money is to make housing affordable, healthcare accessible, and to not burden marginalised people with criminal records that lead to a cycle of joblessness, homelessness and desperation. But until such time as we have that conversation, and it does not seem like something enough people are itching to have right now, we need to stop pursuing policies that harass, endanger and occasionally refrigerate sex workers and instead start listening to what they actually want. Because, unfortunately, if we don't do that, we're just going to carry on looking like a bunch of fucking clowns. (laughs) 